It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Footballistically Arsenal is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. Um, it's a great day, it's a great evening, because Psychic Psychic Josh is back from an extended absence of leave, during which time you, I do believe, proposed to your girlfriend. This is true, you announced it on the podcast last yeah. week, scuppering my hopes of the OK exclusive. Sorry, sorry. Everyone knew. I, Where... got, I got some lovely messages from people who, who I don't really know, because Good. they listen to the podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I did also get some abuse during right. the last week on Instagram from someone telling me I was far too positive. I'll try and find it in a minute. But it was mainly mainly love. What yeah. about asking someone to marry you? <laughs> no, that was separate. It, it obviously gone to the point of like finding me on Instagram on my personal Instagram, which I, I don't do a whole great deal on. But for those who want to find me, it's Mr. Josh Landy. And he'd below a post of me and one of the bakers who we work with on Bake With a Legend, one of the former Great British Bake contestants, had chosen that was a photo to leave abuse about my views on Arsene Wenger, um, whilst other people had said no. what a lovely cake uh, this lady had made. People, so it's people on the internet are demented. That's but thank you, it's good. we've been apart for a month. That was the, uh, That's the podcast the title. <laughs> yeah, topic number one. And we're also joined by the great James Olley, stand, Evening Standard Chief Football Correspondent. Am I right? You are right, yes. And Jim East Lower. Yeah, slightly hard to follow, but yes, hi. At East Lower. Yep. Yeah, that's correct. Same, same, I think same, same. James has been coming on for a long time now, but I think this is his first appearance of a season. James? Which is a, a very long absence, but we're delighted that, that he's is back. That's true. Before we say anything more, though, either about your um, your engagement to be married or Arsenal Football Club, let's remind you that we are back for the season by Labrooks. And if you go to bet.arsenalpodcast.net, you can find all the details of all the deals they've got about that. Um, so where did you propose to your... Um, I lovely, was in Jersey. If you've been to Jersey. Yeah. In I the island of Jersey. Yeah. Oh, okay. Jersey. I thought it would be like Israel or something like that. Um, no, it okay. was Jersey, somewhat nearer. <laughs> yeah. 
Cheaper than New Jersey, yeah. and uh, a very nice Jersey. Mainly a tax haven, I think, people go to Jersey. Ah, okay, yeah. yeah I yeah. didn't You're know a great deal about it. <laughs> Not <Tax> yet. <laughs> it moved the companies there. No, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, but it, it was it was lovely. Thank you. Thank you for, your, for the warm wishes. It's a pleasure, and thank, thank God you're back. Um, obviously... You weren't at the. I hear rumor has it you you snubbed. I was the not. Game I was not quite back in time to get to the game, but I, I of course have seen it, um, <laughs> ah, and good. I did see the the many empty seats, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But obviously, yeah. Uh, yeah Either you, you, you saw it, Jim. I saw it. I wasn't, I wasn't there. No. Jack, were you on? Were you on duty? There. Yeah. Yeah. You have to pretty much cover every Arsenal. Was that right? Am I pretty right? much. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, yeah. I've got Moscow and Newcastle back Moscow. to back We've this got week. Got to ask you about the Moscow. You going from Moscow straight to? I did, do you know what? I, you look at it? I, I didn't. I wasn't clever enough to do that. I've, I've uh, ended up basically going to have twenty four hours at home and then go up to Newcastle straight away. It's quite an early start because it's a lunch. It's, it's, it's like a seven a.m. train or something horrible. Blimey. It's not very nice. Um, I'm very excited to find out all about the preparations for going to Moscow. We'll, mm. we'll talk about that later. But we should talk about the game first. Mm. It was, I described it as, as a wacky, fun time. Um, I guess partly because of our abominable defending. Which was classic. There was a, a hilarious moment um, with the goalkeeper leaving it to who was it? Was Mustafi. It? Mustafi. Mustafi. Thank Mustafi. you. And that was incredible. And then there were various other moments of bumbling ineptitude. But I thought attacking-wise, it was promising. I was quite excited about Aubameyang and you know uh, Lacazette when he came on. Um, but James, I, I, I thought, thought Iwobi had a great game. Iwobi had a better game than usual. And Welbeck had an interesting game. He had that terrible <laughs> miss, worst miss of all time, which was easier to go anywhere <laughs> than score. Uh, easier to score than go anywhere else rather than he managed to put it way over and then scored a pretty good goal and played pretty well. James, what was your, what was your summary of, of yeah, the events? Yeah, I mean, they were, you know, what they did going forward outweighed how bad they were at the back. It's It was a bit like that, you know, and I, I thought it was it was a sort of almost an advert. I felt like Arsene Wenger was kind of inviting people to come along and watch when he said afterwards, you know, well, one thing you'll get at the Emirates is goals, yeah. which is sort of a code for saying we can't really defend, but we can score. Um, and it was, you know, it was a little bit like that. I mean, it, they rose, them, they roused themselves enough to see off. I, I thought it was actually quite a spirited Southampton side. I thought they were going to come and roll over. Really, when you look at their record, and I know they've just got Mark Hughes in, but they are really up against it. They got one or two injuries, but I, I just thought they played really well. I thought they probably deserved a point, really. But um, yeah, like you say, Danny Welbeck had quite a roller coaster, but he ended up coming up with the goods and and uh, and, and they edged a what yeah. was what was actually a, a, a surprisingly entertaining game. It was much, much yeah. different to the one before the Stoke game oh, the week God, before because yeah. these Premier League games are just weird now. They just it's just sort of ninety minutes passing until the next Europa League game. It's a sort of weird weird flux they're in at the moment. Yeah, I guess when Wenger said um, Jim that you know come to Arsenal and use goals. I mean, two of those were from Salatu. Before they played us, found it very difficult to come anywhere near scoring. Yeah, against us, funnily enough, we handed them various opportunities. They could have scored more. Uh, that, well, that, that's a, well, that doesn't exactly surprise me. Given no. That, but um, yeah, we did. It's, it's almost a classic Wenger thing. Go out and show them how well you can play. Um, but let's not worry about the bit at the back, which is just kind of classic Arsenal. But we did in, you know, we, we got better and, and, uh, as, as the game went on. But yeah, that was, you know, to start off with a calamity like that is, um, is you know, the classic Arsenal handicap, isn't it, really? Yeah. Well, yeah. it was one of those where, you know, a name starts trending on Twitter very, very quickly, Mustafi. And then you go back through and you realise he's the joint, I think he's the joint fourth most expensive signing in the club's history. See? Alongside Sanchez. He does blow extraordinarily hot and cold, doesn't he? I mean, he can play really, really well and then he'll do something like that. It does, doesn't seem to have ironed that out. So um, I'm imagining at some point they'll become a decision. 
have a few whether it's whether it's this summer or another year down the line about him because um, yeah. he hasn't really nailed it down yet. What, what I liked was that he had the audacity to turn around to check and try and blame him. Yeah, not just to go apologies, uh, get yeah. back to centre. He yeah. actually took on check and check never rises to it. And on this occasion, he, he did. Check yeah. argued back because it was yeah, that ridiculous. Spat, yeah. Usually, check's very dignified. I mean, he nearly left though in in, in August. You know, yeah. he was it, it, there was a lot of confusion around that at the time. That it was reported that he was going to go to Inter Milan, and then the club really massively played it down. And then I remember speaking to Wenger in some like a breakout after one of the games. Which is sort of saying, let's talk him up because I think it might have been after the derby when he played very well in the in the, in the home game and the win. Just sort of said, you know, he obviously came quite close to leaving, and I was just like, yeah, yeah, he did, yeah. And then talked him up, and you're like, right, well, then I don't know why you've tried to knock down all the stories that there were at the time. And he didn't really want to go into why they thought he was going to go, but I think that just tells you that there was there's certainly a division of thinking about Mustafi. Some people rate him, some people don't, and the fact that. Mislintat is going to be playing an increasingly significant role in the transfers going forward means he's got to win a few people over, I think, this summer. What, what do you think about just playing alongside him that, that now it seems that Chambers has been chosen like a head, a head of holding on, on Sunday? I wasn't I was a bit surprised. It's, you know, I, I wrote a piece about this a while back that Chambers and holding, I think, have been mismanaged. These are young kids who need to learn and get game time and need, and need some consistency in the message that they're getting and Rob Holding I think he started the opening game then he got dropped then he came in then he didn't play for ages then he started against Chelsea and you're just like well, what 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 is this saying to the to, to, to your centre-back you're presumably young promising you know you've got a longer term plan centre-back yeah. you're, that you're saying well one minute you're in one minute you're out I think it's difficult it's difficult for those two in particular to, to really know where they stand in, 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 the, in the wider, in the in sort of in the squad, if you like, and really get any consistency in their games because they're not they're, they they don't have the same partners. They sometimes yeah. not even playing the same system. Either it's a back three, or now it's now it's the back four. We've got rid of that apparently because we needed stability, but now we don't need stability. Says Arsene Wenger because we can outscore teams because we've got a Bamiyang. I don't know. I don't really know what the thinking is, but I thought it was yesterday might be an opportunity to play Chambers at right back, leave better in you know out for. Thursday's game and give Holding the opportunity to play as well sort of seem to make seven changes well if you're going to make seven changes you're clearly signifying where the importance lies so why not let players who are you know good enough to get some game time get it wasn't yeah wasn't I mean sure. they, they are on the fringe and which is I mean okay you could argue that they haven't really done enough when they've played to 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 get a start the next match but, you know they're always a little bit uh, a bit unsure, both of those two, probably because they haven't played. But um, it's not like the guys ahead of them have been absolutely sensational this year. Because no. Koscielny's, you know, his body is 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 uh, he's not getting any younger. Mertesacker's obviously mm. essentially retired, yeah. and Mustafi's had his own um, inconsistencies. So it, it must have been well, actually, all, all of our <laughs> centre backs yeah. have been pretty frustrating. Oh, I can't even. I don't. Even, I mean, Mustafi seems to be the one to me who is capable of the most egregious mistakes like he just seems to I mean, I mean he's the one who kind of ducks down when there's like a, a shot about to yeah right he just doesn't seem to have he seems to lack bravery i don't know i'm being unfair but even even that incident even the one with where he blamed check like seemed to sum him up really that just don't think about it just go for the well that's the it isn't it you, like, you, you question his instincts yeah and you know your defensive instincts when a ball comes into the near post, basically in line with a six-yard box, is you go and meet it. Right. I don't care. You know, you yeah. take the goalkeeper out, you take you anyone out, you go and meet that ball. And he didn't. He just stood there. Yeah. Now that's you know that could be one absent-minded moment, but there are quite a few like that. Yeah, he just stands there a lot. Yeah, where positionally he's slow to react. I think he's better when he's got Koscielny alongside him. Yeah, but Koscielny, I mean. I, 
I think the Koscielny issue is a bit underplayed. That he 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 struggles to walk. I see him coming through the mix zones after matches. He, he I mean, he's not. He's not limping, he's not an invalid, don't get me wrong, but he's kind of, you can see that he is having to uh, adjust the way he walks because his Achilles is hurting him. There's now an ex- sort of an, uh, an acknowledgement that he can't play three games in a week. And this is a guy who's, what, 31, 32? You know, this isn't a situation that's going to get any better. And he's admitted in, in a TV interview that he's going to have to have daily treatment for the rest of his career. You know, this. at what point do you say, well... I mean, it's not quite got to the sort of Ledley King stage where he can't train and all of that, but like we're going down a road here where he's going to need to be phased out probably sooner rather than later. Yeah, I mean, you know, and you know, the, the, and he's the best one, yeah, by the way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's shocking. So, what do we think about um, the sendings? The sendings off because um, Jack Walsh came on and, and, and grabbed. Jack uh, Stevens, his yeah, shirt wasn't, yeah. for the long. That's the longest shirt grab I've ever seen. And to the point where we, <laughs> we tore like, it. Yeah, he tore it. It's quite a good effort. It was extraordinary. Then he, he got sent off, and then but the Arnett, which seemed absolutely—I mean, there's no doubt that he, he should have got sent off. Some people say Jack should have got sent off. In fact, um, I think Mark Mark Hughes said Hughes it, said yeah. that. Um, and then on anything which was, we couldn't see live because it was the other end of the, of the pitch, but that, watching it back seemed fair enough that he did he did he did go for he well, did except lunge, there was a didn't lot of he? similar shoving going on at the right. same time, and it felt like a little bit more the, the first one. Um, you know, reacting to Wilshire's <laughs> ridiculous shirt tugging. Yeah, fair enough. It was much more, um, I suppose, aggressive. But yeah. uh, the the uh, the Eleni one, not really. Not I don't know. I thought it was a bit harsh, personally. It could have been a yellow. The Eleni, well, the Eleni's not. It's nothing more than if that had been. If there'd been ten players round, you know, the ball, and there'd been a flare up, and somebody just literally pushes somebody back in the sort of high up on the chest, if you like. That's that's what it looked like to me. I didn't think... I think it was just because it was a bit in isolation. Maybe subconsciously the referee thought he might have to even it up a little bit. He probably didn't... He probably didn't see the full Wilshire Stevens mm. thing. Yeah. If he's honest with himself, he probably didn't see that live. So he might have thought, well, I've seen that. And, and wasn't it the he, linesman who... Um, yeah, linesman ran on. Yeah. yeah, he ran on. Once the linesman but ran either on... Either way, got, it's ridiculous that he's put himself in that situation in, in the last minute of the game. Mm. Look... We haven't got, you know, he's going to miss league games. So you know, there will be an opportunity for someone else to come in. Well, they had until, I think it was, I think it's one o'clock today, actually. Appeal. They had until appeal it. And I, I haven't, they might have done, I haven't heard anything. So I don't think they, I, th- I, I think when you see it back in, I, I think I, you're right that other people were doing the same thing. But when you see it back in, on the replay, I think it's fair enough. It's like, you could have sent off others, if you like. But equally, mm. I don't think they, I don't think they should appeal it. Because it seems to me like he clearly did. Raise his hand, uh, well, and, and, and what's he going to miss? And what's he going to miss? Yeah. yeah, he's got his, he's got his new contract, didn't he? Two weeks ago. Oh yeah, hallelujah! Yeah, our, our one, two of our great midfield signings. But I think people are more concerned at the moment with Ramsey's contract situation, possibly because that that's the end of next season. And yeah, from what I'm saying, I mean, he's he's not signing at the moment. Any any news? No, it's it's uh, him and. Jack are in. I mean, I know Jack's out out of contract this summer, but they're they're in similar positions in that it's a bit of a stalemate at the moment. The problem that I think the club have got is that they've given a massive new contract to one player. They've then signed two more on big money. You know, you're talking two hundred grand a week, and you've got players who've been for years kind of. I wouldn't say underpaid, but certainly in a different wage bracket, who are now saying, well, hang on a minute, if this is the benchmark, then 
well, I'm perfectly within my rights to ask for the same thing. And this was this was the massive issue with Sanchez and Ozil going back two years was that they were saying, well, you know, their argument was, well, we're two of the best players in the, in the league, and the best players in the league are earning three hundred grand a week, so that's what we want. And then the price went up when China got involved, and then United and City and all of that, and obviously escalated. And now Sanchez is earning what he's earning at United, and he will feel vindicated by that because he's saying, well, that's what I was asking for all along. And Ozil's ended up getting it mm. at but Arsenal. So the other the other players are now saying, well, then why are we not yeah. worth on a sliding scale? That some of them could quite easily be saying, well, why are we not at least doubling our money? And, the, and, then, and then we're cheap still compared to... And it. our wage bill is enormous, isn't it? I mean, it's, the stats Absolutely came out, huge. so didn't it? it's like, eight, eight, like 80, 90 million more than Spurs yeah. a year, which I think is pretty damning indictment. I think theirs, I mean, it's, an, it's, it's, it's not an argument for this podcast, but I think theirs is going to have to go up significantly quite soon. Sure. Or else they're they're, you know, they're going to have a similar, but, you know, similar problem. But... Um, yeah, I mean, I, th- I guess you could argue with Ram- Ramsey. I-, I love Ramsey. I think he's a great player and-, and gets a lot of stick he doesn't deserve. But whether he's worth 300 grand a-, a week is really quite, you know, it's probably quite difficult. I wonder where he- whether he'd but, get that anywhere else, put it that way. But, if, no. but maybe 200 grand. M- maybe, week. yeah. I mean, it's in, compar- I mean I'm not, yeah. you know, in comparison to Ozil's 300 grand a week, you know, yeah. it feel- feels like there's a middle ground between mm. what he's on now and Ozil's enormous, <laughs> enormous amount. Mm. Um, I mean, yeah, I'd rather, but I, I, feel, I, I hear that he wants to leave, that he wants a new challenge. I mean, that's, I've been hearing that for a long time. Yeah, I, I think they've got a. I, I, I don't see, and this will be a clip played back to me next season, <laughs> oh, but I, I don't see this being another situation where he's run down and, he, and, he, and he's. I think it's going to be one way or the other this summer. I think they have to make right. a call on it yeah. because they've just, they've just got themselves into this situation too many times before. And I think the new guys who are coming in to negotiate these deals, plus the fact that Ramsey's at an age where you can still get a decent price for him this summer, I think he will either sign or he will go. I don't. Yeah, okay. I, 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 well, he's <laughs> resolving it will be more yeah. than we usually do. Yeah. Well, which we, is the right thing to do. The club have to be. You know, can't, can't let another one run yeah. down. Yeah. Just those stats, by the way, you mentioned there yes. about the, the wages. I know there's a, there's a guy called Swiss Ramble on Twitter who always compiles this sort of data and, and he put out the article today. So it's read by twen- the boards. Is it? He's, um, re- he's <laughs> very well respected. <laughs> wow. So in 2016-17, Arsenal's wages were 199 million, Tottenham to 127. So Liverpool, Chelsea, United City, all above Arsenal. But uh, yeah, the standout in all of that, I think, is certainly Burnley, who are bottom on sort of 61 and million. Where, and, and, and where are they're we? only a few points behind us. And our wage bill. So and we're, is where are we? What's the kind of you know? We're our wage at? bill is uh, is six. Six. Yeah. Yeah. But our so um, fifth or yeah. Um, and I think our turnover, yeah. So Spurs are a way of doing much better than they. they of course, Spurs are overperforming yeah. to that budget, yeah. Yeah. but we we knew that. But I think Jim's point there about how how long that can well, how long while that the can chief executive is getting paid more per week than most of the squad. That's yeah, yeah. While we're talking situation. about managers and contracts, I I, I saw on um, Sunday Supplement. This is not not your menu, but I need to ask James about it. It's very important. Sam Wallace, one of your esteemed football colleagues, mm-hmm. said, and I quote, there's not much doubt Wenger will leave at the end of this season. Is he, do you hear well, that? Well, look, I mean, I, I did a story about this, I don't know, two or three months ago, that they were... The, the mood around the place for a while has been that he is going to go this summer. That That... I've heard that from too many people for that mm. not to be a widely held view behind the scenes. I think the coaching staff for the first time and not entirely sure what he's going to do. I think last season there was an uncertainty. He wanted to stay. He didn't feel like maybe he'd done enough, but he ended up muddling through and winning the FA Cup. We all know what happened. I think this time it's not his decision anymore. And I think 
while I'm not saying he will be sacked no matter what, I don't think this is a case of Arsene Wenger determining the timing of his own departure anymore. I think we've moved into a different era from that now. And I just feel that there are there's, there's an environment around the club, I think that's what Sam's reflecting, okay. that, he, that he may well go one way or another this summer. I, I was speaking to someone... Um, on this topic and uh, and it's surprising as well and, and their understanding was that you know Josh Cronkay's involvement has become much more significant mm-hmm. in recent months and I guess he doesn't have the same emotional attachment that so many people around the club would have had for the last 20 plus years to be sensitive to to arson and that apparently it will come down to, to Champions League you know yeah. qualification and, that, and that's so if we win the Europa the League I think he stays but you know, I'm I'm saddened to perhaps be coming to the reality that if we don't, which is a you know a possibility, you're st- you're but still saddened. I would be saddened clinging, if he if he on. left because it wouldn't be of his own accord, and I do think he, he deserves the final Everyone year to, to do that. I don't think he'll ever leave of his own. Thrilled, he's not be. the kind of man that will ever no. leave of his own accord. Yeah. So you know, whatever. No, I, I do think this is you know it's either the end of this season or in his late nineties. But I, I think it's going to football be playing played virtually around the world, and you'll still be clinging on. Picking Xhaka to take free kicks. It's never going to end. Someone's, he's got, we've got to get rid of him. You think no, but you're right. It's, it, it, I think that, the, as I talked about earlier about the environment around the club, what slightly magnified that conversation is the Europa League. It, it really is Europa League or bust. So do you agree that if, so if we win the Europa League... I think League, if he wins it, he buys another year. Agree. Yeah. It's such, but it's such an interesting dynamic as well because not only does that almost save him his job potentially mm. um, and get us Champions League, he's never won a European trophy as a manager. And, Indeed. And I, and I, was, I don't think he'll ever get the chance to win the Champions League now because I no. don't think he'll, he'll, he certainly won't win it with us and I don't think he'll get a job with a club that has the, you know, the chance to win mm. it. So really, you could argue that this is it. The other thing to say, I think, is that the, uh, you know, the, the other sort of element of this to put into the mix is how conscious the club are of missing another round of managers. Oh, yeah. If you look at who's available this summer, Luis Enrique's out of a job, Carlo Ancelotti's out of a job, Thomas Tuchel's out of a job, although it looks like he might be going to Paris Saint-Germain, Antonio Conte is probably going to be out of a job, well, that would be a huge call for him to go from Chelsea to Arsenal. There are one or two others who, you know, Jardim at Monaco, there's, you know, even Simeone possibly from Atletico Madrid, do the club want to stick with Arsene for one more year and risk missing out on another managerial merry-go-round that saw Klopp and Guardiola and all right, Mourinho would never have fit, but th- th- mm. those sort of you know, oh, okay. that that turnover of the last sort of two or three years? Do you want to miss out on that again just to give him another twelve months? Wow. Um, we'll talk more about this uh, extraordinary situation after this break. Footballistically, Arsenal is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. And we're back from the break. Um, what, one other thing about um, the, the Wenger um, contract situation and everything. It's a bit, it's, so we know that Josh Kroenke um, may be around and kind of... Mm. But, does that, but it's, it's, isn't it Stan Kroenke that's the, it's been sticking by him so religiously? And are we saying even yeah. he now would is allowing those people, Ivan and, and Josh Kroenke, to, to make that decision? I don't... I think if... I mean... <laughs> The way it was put to me last summer was that, you know, Arsene's got the bat phone. He's got the bat phone to Stan Kroenke. So there was a division right at the top of the club, you know, boardroom level, but how many of them are really actively engaged in the day-to-day run of the club? Not many. But there were a few who were thinking, actually... Is this is this the time he goes? But he's, he had the bat phone to Stan. Stan yeah. says, "All right, you know, here's two years." I think there was also a division at the same level about whether to take Usmanov's last offer because I think one or two of them were thinking that you know the 
the, the issue with the fans and just the state of the club at the moment. Is it worth getting out now? But it's interesting as well, just to slightly move it on, mm. 37 grand a share now is the sort of standard asking price and, and they're going. If somebody's buying these shares, one or two in isolation, I, I, I genuinely don't know who that is. You wonder whether it's it's Kronke maybe buying one or two up to say this is the price. If Usmanov comes back in, mm-hmm. who knows? But it's just a bit odd that these shares, just one or two shares in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a market that has absolutely no liquidity whatsoever are still being traded at such a huge price. Mm. I know somebody three or four years ago who thought they'd done a brilliant job selling it at 15000 You know, looking at it now going, it's tearing their hair out, you know. But it's, it's, it's interesting that these little things are going on behind mm. the scenes and, with a view to potentially something in yeah. the summer. And also the empty seats must be an issue, mustn't it? I mean, that, oh, absolutely. that's become so... Well, this was, you see, this was always the argument that, you know... <laughs> Ivan Gazidis, I don't think, is publicly visible enough. I think he should do more with the media. I think he, I know he does the odd fans forum, but I think he should do more of that. I think there's a real vacuum at the top of the club in terms of you know, laying out a longer-term vision. Stan Kroenke's done one or two interviews, I think, in the whole time he's been at the club. Um, and the Telegraph basically sent someone over to America to f- physically stand on his doorstep and say, really? come on, let's do it. You know, um, So he's not really been forthcoming in that way. Yeah. Um, and, you know, but the, whatever the criticism of Ivan, the, the, what I get back or what I hear back is, yeah, but he's doubled, trebled the share price. So but why would Stan be bothered? Why would he right, be bothered? He's, he's, he's cashing in. But if people are not coming to the ground and they're not paying their 10, 15 quid for a pint and a burger and whatever consistently week after week, they're going to start losing serious revenue, miss out on the Champions League again, missing out on big revenue. If it starts to hit Stan in the pocket, that's when he might actually take notice. That's the saddest thing of it, that it'll have to take that and not mm. the, the state of the team to actually act. It's interesting, isn't it? But you talk about these dead games at the end of a season where people aren't going, and um, there were many empty seats. Who knows exactly how many? We, we, we don't quite know with yesterday. But it's not the first year under Arsenal we've had dead games. It's just usually been because we're going to be fourth or third, but which was normal then. This is the first time people are just... There is total apathy in terms of you know attendance that people cannot get rid of their tickets. The ticket exchange is flooded with people trying yeah, to the in, in the days before. Tedium that has been presided over by it's that finally everyone is so bored to death. I mean, I actually think, funnily enough, I went yesterday with dread. I just out of some kind of sense of you know, kind of I just felt a sense that I should go. But you've and, been in worse times. No, I have absolutely been yeah. in worse times. What I'm saying is, but even then, those those. It, it, it does remind all of us old enough of the late George Graham era, which was bleak and miserable and tedious. Wenger um, is responsible for this in the yeah, sense that he was so good for you know he's created this demand, yeah, right. you know, and yeah, sure. so it's only now. And, and I don't know. I find it I find it really difficult when I am seeing friends who are you know trying to give up their tickets or you know don't seem to want to go. I, I find it very unusual because. At what point in a 20-year or a 30-year cycle of following a football club are you not going to have a season or two like this? Yeah, of course. But the difference so where is that, the obligation our, that you our, shouldn't our, attend? Our friend Ben Winston, formerly of this podcast, tweeted about that, didn't he, over the weekend? And, and he said you know, he said, he said it was like a, a paraphrase, like a disgrace that, yeah. you know, that those of us, are, 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 we're all of an age where we remember some terrible boring times and we and we carried on going but for me the difference now is and I don't I kind of see both sides I, 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 I'm I slightly I think it's annoying that people don't I'm, it's annoying that the ticket scheme at Arsenal there's no they should they should be encouraging 
people holding tickets to go week in week out, mm. and that and there should be a home yeah. situation where your home attendance carries through to your chance to get tickets for cup games and for European games and stuff like that. Yeah. It doesn't at the moment. It's only away games. So they need to sort that and make it even easier than it is. I know they've got various... Schemes. I think it's quite nuanced though because you know, I've missed quite a lot of games this season, most of which have been circumstantial. Now, I'm a, sure. I'm a man of a certain age um, and uh, with kids and, yeah, and I, yeah. think, I think there's an element of maybe if we were doing flyingly well, I'd have rearranged something else and gone to the game. And, uh, but sometimes there's a little bit slightly less bothered to. But also I think probably the age of the Arsenal crowd is getting older because yeah. it's expensive to go to. You can't get tickets. very hard for a young, like, yeah. like we did when we were young, just turn up at the North Bank. You can't do it. Oh, so yeah. as the age of the crowd gets older, maybe that's re- reflected in you know, priorities as well. And I, One more thing I was going to say. Is I think you're absolutely right about that. But I also think back, the difference back in the day was in, in the Lake George Graham area, we went on TV every bloody week. And I think it's weird that now, like all of the, these dead rubber games are all on Sky. They, yeah. Both of their last two games have been on Sky. And I think Sky are only showing us because because of potential blow-up when we're so terrible that we lose against well, these inferiors. It's a story for them. And, and even, the, a, even the empty seats is a story that's for them. A, yeah, but it's Thursday, Sunday, isn't it? I mean, it, yeah. it's a Sunday game. They kind of, yeah, they, have to, they don't have a lot to choose from. That's true. And I think yeah. the Sunday is another factor. Team. Being yeah. on the Sunday is another factor. Yeah. Sunday lunchtime. I think yeah. the Sunday thing's an issue. I also think the club could be doing a bit more to just smooth the relationship with fans. I mean, oh, in terms of this is an away issue, but as far as I'm aware, they're not subsidising... The visas to the Russia. Visas they're to not, Russia. which is unusual, because the other clubs... Liverpool played, did it, Manchester United did it. And I, asked, I actually asked a club about this um, yesterday, and they said, oh, they're going to get back to me, which of course they haven't. Which I assume if they're not they getting back to me, it. they're not getting There's back a, to fans I about think it. it's poor right. because... It's just a little, it's a little thing, though, you know. It's over 100 quid, that visa, yeah. to Russia. And also, I know a number of people who, if they already... Like a few people who had a holiday booked for, say, this week over Easter, which meant you had to get an express visa because you needed to mm. give your passport for like a two week period. So it was 185 quid, two of my mates have paid just to get yeah. that visa. They're going to Russia for like 36 hours. Yeah. It's complacency from top to bottom in the yeah. cup, I feel, because it's, the, it's that, that I, you're absolutely right about the visa. It's the same. On, it even goes down to the food, honestly. I, I, I was like, should I make sure? It's that. Contract that that what's that company called Delaware North Delaware North which that that ridiculous long contract they can do whatever the hell they like we're I'm paying thousands and thousands of pounds in in Ponzi club level honestly the the you have to stand there ten minutes to get a fucking hot chocolate half time I know it's sounding like a diva but a free hot chocolate. the food you know twelve quid for a dodgy chicken burger or a veggie mm. burger it's all but it's just indicative everything about it and now they're not telling us who are being moved from our club level seats because our club level seats are now not renewable. For, for this next season so we're waiting to find out whether, where we're going to go where they're going to put us they're not telling us all of these things to me and it all, I think it all stems well, from it, it, the way we play football yeah. the defenders there's complacency from well, top to bottom because the money's in the bank yeah and, uh, and, they just, and I think it's going to blow up in their faces because the empty seats the, the, as you, the, the, the losing the money from the catering and all of that and just everything, just not being able to find a good, a proper enough, good enough manager to replace thing, it's all going to blow up in their faces. I do worry that the whole club is kind of tipping on, um, without being too mad dramatic, on well, the verge of no, a really but, sad period where it's going to be really. About to get grim. to a European final for the first time since 2006, yeah. and, you're, and you're thinking you're on the Titanic. The, Europe, the final of the, the European game, no one cares about unless we win it. Hang if, on, if we win hang it, on. fine. If we get in the Champions League, fine. But if we don't, you, it's a total waste of time. You, what do you mean you don't care? You, you went to Cologne for a group game. That's how much it's you care. It's sheer fun of it, yeah. God, that was one of the worst performances well, exactly. I witnessed that one. It was a good trip yeah. though, Boyd. Are we going to go to a semi-final? If we oh, have to? Well, we should be in the semi-final, shouldn't we? 
But you take my point. But you don't, you don't, you don't, that's the that's that's where we are right now. With you know, and that goes down to the fans as well. So, you know, there's a general malaise. Yeah, the type of malaise. fan that has been created over the last twenty years. Yep, that's where we are. It doesn't. Yeah, but it just doesn't. You say that the you know the, the hot chocolates and whatever. It's a little thing. It's trivial. But the, these kind of things permeate on, on whether it's a subconscious level or, yeah. or more overtly that you know people don't. I just think that that visa thing is such an easy win for Arsenal. You're yeah. talking about yeah. they were saying a thousand, but it's probably five hundred. Five hundred people it'll be are going to go. Of them from European so five hundred people times hundred quid. quid. Even if you gave half, yeah, yeah. Even well, okay. Even if you, you know, it's nothing. But that will get that yeah. would get a line in the standard. It would probably make most of the national papers, and everyone will go, "Oh, fair play, Arsenal. They are trying to do something." And that the PR that could buy them for for virtually nothing to a club with millions and millions of turnover, and they don't think about yeah. they don't no. think about stuff like that no. and little things like that add up and it all adds to the apathy and the malaise and the general sort of neg- well, negativity I suppose around the club and, and they're the same with press by the way they're, you know they're, they're not good with the way they deal with us and they you know there's this always this vacuum after defeats where they, they struggle to find players to put up the manager's very I mean, he's quite combative sometimes. He's quite short with with his. I mean, he always fronts up. We have to give him that, but he doesn't always necessarily the most forthcoming with with preview stuff. If say they do a preview off the back of, so sometimes they'll do instead of a separate press conference to preview a game, particularly with the Europa League, they'll do like a couple of minutes at the end of Thursday night post match as a preview for whatever the next game is. And they don't want you know Wenger doesn't want to be there. The club don't really want to do it. It's just sort of tagged on to the end, mm. and they don't see. You know, individual journalists as two minutes of airtime on Sky or two minutes of Radio Five or a double page spread in the Standard. They just see it as, oh God, some of these questions we're not really going to like these, so we'll just lock down. But those pages, those airtimes, still have to be filled, and they're filled they're compl- with opinion right. as opposed to Comment, someone coming right. out and saying, "This is what we're trying but it's to do." Surely, because they're all on the defensive, isn't it? I mean, they're constantly now yeah, apart from the team, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Who who has been good in this sort of? You know, the last few months where it was pretty bad. Is Peter Czech? Is he one of the better ones at Czech's, fronting up? Well, yeah, Czech fronts up. So when they lose, what tends to happen is they don't tend to put anyone up for written media because they think we ask too harsher questions. So, uh, well, I'll, maybe there's another reason, but I think that's that's generally what it is. So they, but but they have broadcasters that they have to service because of the contra- TV contract. You know, they're contractually bound to put someone up, and that is normally Petacek, and he normally comes out and he speaks very frankly and honestly. Per Mertesacker was brilliant for mm-hmm. it. He would always front up, um, and I have immense respect for. He's, I mean, I know he's become. It's a bit ridiculous the kind of player he's, be- well, non-player he's become in the last sort of three or four months, but. Some of the interviews he's given this season have been really insightful and honest and open and candid. He will be a fantastic. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh he'll God, be a fantastic. Yeah. I've said it. Before, I've said it before, but I'd be happy for him to take over managing the club. Seriously, yeah. I mean, you know, I, seriously, I mean, I, I think, I mean, I, you know, I have the opinion that almost anyone could do it better than Wenger. So, um, <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, <laughs> Jack Wilshere is good. Jack, Jack will yeah, front Jack's up. Good, yeah. Aaron Ramsey, more often than not, will front up, but there aren't many. He doesn't rap. And, I, and I do feel this is it's a small thing, and people will say, oh, well, you're a journalist and you're sulking because they don't talk to you. But I, this whole thing about a lack of leaders and you know how you kind of identify that, how, how that physically manifests in performances, I do think the fact that they are so reluctant to come out and explain themselves after a defeat, and I, I cover other clubs, you know, I see Tottenham do it, I see Chelsea do it. They have players who front up 
when they lose mm. and they take responsibility for it. Arsenal don't. They retreat into their shells. And I do think that is part of a wider problem there, that they're not encouraged to go and say, right, you've just lost 3-0 away at wherever, where you really shouldn't have lost. Go and explain it. Go and say why. Go and apologise. Go and do whatever, you, you know, go and do whatever, but don't hide away. And don't put some tossy social media post saying, oh, yeah, I'm sorry to the fans. We'll win again next game, whatever. I mean, what, what is that? Why are you hiding behind your phones? Come out and explain well, it. None, none of those other clubs have the same manager for 21 years. I, I think it's an element of people have just, there's just, just people need a change sometimes. Yeah, and I think right. it, a lot of it is that. It's yeah. just, you, something's been going on for a long time. For rightly or wrongly, a change is probably... Yeah, but we have won six games in a row, and we, we should have, talk but, about in traditional style. Yeah, all right, in traditional style, Josh. Yes, we're coming good. We're winning games at the end of the season, as we always do. When it no longer matters, and no one gives a shit. I think there are Brilliant. games that do matter, such as last Thursday, which was a European quarterfinal, which was mm. quite exciting. And there's a second leg on Thursday, and we, you know, presumably have got you know, one foot, or whatever expression is, yeah. one foot in the semi-final. I think it's quite it's quite exciting. We haven't had European semi finals since what that that one to Man United where we got beat. I think when you when you consider the flip side, what what could have happened? You could, if they'd lost to AC Milan over two legs, although AC Milan Which are a, a, you were a like, shame Boyd, the team they were. Is it, you, Boyd was going on about how it's like a foregone conclusion well, Milan no, are going to beat us. I'm saying it's a foregone conclusion. We're not going to. I don't think we'll win it. You know, I'm almost surprised. The, flip, the, the right. flip side would have been go out. And the last two months of the season would have been horrendous. Yeah. Nothing to play for. No, okay, these these sort of weird Premier League games with the, the dead rubbers that punctuate the European stuff. Well, you've still got the European stuff to play for. Imagine not having that. Imagine if the players had not come oh, together, God, yeah. had not held that meeting. There's a lot of talk about that. And it's not the first time it's happened this season where they've come together and gone, right, do you know what? Whatever's going on, whatever's happening with the manager, whoever doesn't like whoever in the dressing room, or whatever the issues are, we've got one shot at this to save our season. Yeah. And they are coming together and they are producing better performances. And there's something to be said for that. Yeah, and also, like I said earlier, we haven't, we, we're not a club, given the size of the club, that has a great European tradition. And so to get to get close to a final is pretty exciting. We've won only two European trophies ever. Yeah, well, I'm, 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 don't get me wrong. I'm excited. I'm yeah. just you know. Let's, this let's, morning, let's not get carried away with it's what is part of our traditional end of season where we start. <laughs> so a whole load of mates have booked flights to Leon on like Avios points for quite you know all very cheap flights to Leon and being optimistic. This morning, I was convinced and talked into booking a, uh, a flight on like Avios points to Geneva, which is about an hour and a half drive away. So five of us booked flights this morning um, on, you know, Coming. very cheaply on, on the basis that we, we believe, Boyd, unlike you, that we are we're going to No, I think we're perfectly capable of getting to the final, by the way. No, I think we're capable Will of getting to the final. Will you be there, Boyd, if we get to the final? Well, I hope so, yeah, yeah. If you're, if you're not doing your other podcast. Steady. My other... Uh, GQ podcast, you can find, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Talk uh, me all GQ things, Strike, probably. yes. We had Troy Deeney on the other week. He was fascinating. And never, Did he talk about Cajones? Oh, talked about Cajones. I never... It was so amazing to hear him. Talk, so, talking about footballers who Totally unfiltered. Yeah, he doesn't give a shit about international football. He was the, we were talking to him in the week of the England game. Literally, didn't give a shit. To the point where we started asking him, even though they're about the World Cup, he's like, I won't be, not bothered, I won't be watching it. He's going to be playing, like, games with his kids. He'd rather play games with his kids than watch the, the World Cup. I thought that was so interesting. Have to have a listen. Doesn't care. Yeah, you have to have a listen. Yeah, and he was very. And I was like, you know, most Arsenal fans, by the way, agree with you. Obviously, that we haven't, haven't got any Kahuna's. Mm. This wasn't the controversial. Truth hurts. Truth hurts. Exactly. Yeah. So um, we've got to look ahead to Thursday. We've got to look ahead. Yeah. So when are you off, James? Uh, I go Wednesday. I got massively like this is very dull. But I got massively lucky. There are two airports in Moscow. They're about two hours apart, and they're doing the pre-match press conference at one of those airports. I didn't know which one. I'm flying in at. 
five o'clock. The press is at seven. It's at the right airport. Thank oh, God. Um, but yeah, so I go Wednesday Wednesday morning, land Wednesday afternoon, and then there till till Friday. Are you scared about um, poison, poison poisoning things being? Hacked into general uh, I will dodgy see. I will, Russian behaviour. I will watch my drinks meticulously <laughs> prepared. Um, no, I mean, look, I mean, we've been advised not to take personal phones. We've been advised not to use public Wi-Fi because you know there's a there's a possibility sort of communal Wi-Fi because there's a possibility you might get data uploaded from your devices. There's a little bit of a little bit of tension there just with what's going yeah, on in the wider well, political okay. climate. You are a little bit, you know, I, I'm. I've fortunate enough to have been to a, a few tournaments in South Africa, Brazil, places where they, you know they've said to you, "You get out of your car, you'll be carjacked, or you know you will be you, you will be mugged if you go down this road or whatever." And there's a lot of scaremongering that goes on before these mm. these these sort of trips. So hopefully that that's all it is. It's just you know precautions and. Are you going to be back for the World Cup? Yes. So. Yes, if I get back this week, yes, <laughs> I'll be crossed. back. I'll be going back for the World Cup. Yeah, so you know, you know, it's a little bit. There's been a bit of chat among the journalists who were going out that we're a little bit okay. Well, let's you know make yeah. sure we're in the same hotel or you know at least close by to the stadium, so there's not because the kickoff's two hours ahead there. So it's ten it's o'clock kickoff late, there. Yeah. So by the time we've the, the match is done and the press conference and the player stuff is done post match, we won't get out of there till probably one one thirty in the morning. And anywhere, any city at one thirty <laughs> yeah. in the morning that you don't know, let alone Russia, <laughs> let alone everything else that's going on. Uh, is oh. a bit a bit fraught with risk. Just to make so. it scarier for you, you have to walk around uh, Moscow. One in but the you morning. think we'll be okay? What's your prediction for the further? Oh, CSK. I, I, look, Arsenal will score out there. Yeah. So I can't see there being a scenario where Arsenal ship five against <laughs> against CSK. I just don't see it. So I could see them maybe losing the game yeah. if they don't quite have the right attitude. But I think you know with a four-one advantage, they'll be fine. Jim. I think we'll get through. I don't think it'll be too problematic. Yeah, I think the confidence is good enough, um, and it's not it's not an away league game. So <laughs> yeah, I think we'll be all right. Yeah, do you think we'll actually win the game? Um, yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to tie you down to a score now. Oh God. That specific. Yeah, it's tradition. Jim, you know. It's boys' predictions. That he yeah, never, predictions never records. Yeah. One nil. I'll go two all. Two all. I like it. Yeah. What, one nil. One nil. Oh, nice. Old school. Old school. Uh, I'm going to go. Um, 3-1 to them. I'll go 3-2 to Arsenal. Okay. There'll be goals. Because they were very impressive at points during that first leg going forward. I, you know, we made them look They'll good. get a couple of goals. Yeah. I think we'll get a few more. And then there's a big one on Newcastle, Sunday. Newcastle. Sunday? Yeah. Well, I say the big one. A game against Newcastle. He's done really well, hasn't he? Oh, Benitez. Like, since January, the yeah. turnaround's been incredible. That, yeah. that is a difficult game now because yeah. they've, they've got their tails up. They've also, although the, ter- the takeover bid is dragging on and on, they've kind of, the fans seem to have heeded the warning to come together and say, look, let's deal with that in the summer. Let's yeah. get behind the team and keep them up. And the, the, the job Benitez has done there. I, I read a stat that, which I don't know, which is one of the worst things you can ever say to bring it up and then not remember it. But it's something like there's only four teams that have taken more points than the Newcastle in the last couple of months. It's, it's incredible. Right. Like they are, they, they they are bang in form, mm. and uh, you know that will be a difficult game off the back of obviously what will be a long long trip. Presumably so, there'll be again seven eight changes from whatever team has put out. Well, you know, obviously Aubameyang will play, and all hopes will rest on him. I think I think he's What's done it? extremely well to have to, you know, not not. I mean, initially he wasn't able to train with his teammates because he had a he had a virus that he, he struggled to shake off, and then the fact that he's having to be in and out of the team every other week in a new in, in, at a new club in a new country in a new league yeah. midway oh. through the season, yeah. I think he's doing really well. We haven't even mentioned him. He's been he's been great. He's that properly the finisher that you can't. Yeah. Very I'm exciting hope. next season. Yeah. Very exciting next season. And what's your Spina situation? Still injured. Yes, let's hope so. Um, 
prediction? Against? I think I think um, I think for the a long away trip and, and it's a away game. We're not uh, maybe a draw. Yeah, yeah. I'm one going all from me. I think as well. I'm going two all. I think. James. Can I predict an Arsenal defeat? Yes, yeah. yeah, of course you can. I will say I will say one nil Newcastle. Splendid. Thank you so much, uh, James and Jim, Jim and James, uh, for coming. Thank you so much for having Josh back. Good to be here. Um, and uh, good luck with uh, your marriage. Thank you very much. And we'll be back next week. Cheers. Bye. See you. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Footballistically Arsenal is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. If you're a large organisation involved in managing, purchasing or making decisions on software licences, you need Livingston. Livingston provides the technology and a large team of experts to help you understand what software is installed on your network, who is using it and whether you purchase the right number of software licences to legally use it. This information can help you make smart business decisions when it comes to renegotiating software licensing agreements with large software publishers like Microsoft, Oracle, IBM and others and when budgeting for software spend. To reduce the cost and risk of managing your software licenses, speak to Livingston today about our managed services. Over 50 multinationals across the world trust Livingston to manage their software licenses. Visit livingston-tech.com for more information. What's your thoughts on Fulham? Chances are you don't think about them too much, but nice away day by the river, used to have a Michael Jackson statue, and once did quite well under Roy Hodgson. But that's probably about it, because chances are you're not a Fulham fan. However, if you do know someone that supports Fulham, maybe a mate or a colleague at work, please tell them about the Fulhamish podcast that I host every week looking at each Fulham game as it comes and goes, with a nice bit of quirkiness and humour along the way too. You can find Fulhamish at fulhamish.co.uk, and we're also available on all podcast platforms, including iTunes, Acast, and playbackmedia.co.uk. That's Fulhamish, your weekly independent Fulham FC podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that you know Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.